Galatians chapter 4 and um, verse number 1. Very, very powerful text, and I've hit this before, but I need to hit it now again for what the Lord is saying. It says in Galatians 4 and 1, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. Verse 2, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, when we were children, we're in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So we enter, we, we are adopted out of childhood through entering into sonship. Amen. The adoption is sons. Everybody see that? Amen. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1. The Lord brought this scripture into my radar as I was worshiping him and helped me to understand why as I, as I meditated on it. It wasn't in my radar, but the Lord did as I just 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 in worship. Second Timothy chapter uh, three and verse number one. Um, I'm going to read the first few verses to get to the, the, the uh, verse five and seven, the two verses that I really want to uh, deal with. Second uh, Timothy chapter three, verse number one. It says this. Know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Why? For men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Not that they won't love God, they just love pleasure more. Right? Verse number five. Having a form of godliness... But denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Father, we just thank you and we just bless you right now for the power and the presence of God that declares Lord God, your word out of freedom of a free flow for which spirit and truth are intertwined, Lord God, that makes exchange and transformation possible. We thank you for the presence of God that's in this room that guarantees we will not leave the same way we came. But we thank you that there's another turn and another door. We bless you and give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for it right now in the name of Jesus. God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. Second Timothy chapter three, verse number five. I want to put that back up because I'm going to start there. But I do want to say I'm going to jump on some of or continue in some of the dealings that I've been dealing with with principalities. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, Ephesians six, but against principalities. Principalities are now um, spirits that attack churches, denominations, first and also regions and nations to get us to now focus on following principles instead of following Jesus. So principalities take the nature of Christ 
from the person of Christ, put him in the form of a principle so we can get Christ-like outcomes without becoming or being conformed in the image of Christ himself. That's what principalities do. They want to give us principles to live by instead of teaching us how to deny ourselves and be filled with the spirit and be led by his spirit. Now, uh, Paul also deals with forms of godliness. Amen. And, and I'm going to continue in this vein and help help you to understand why I believe the Lord brought us here. Second um, Timothy three and five, it says having a form of godliness. Right. But denying the power thereof from such turn away. Forms of godliness are taught by principalities. And I'm going to teach a little bit about forms of godliness because they relate. Forms of godliness focus on teaching men formulas. Forms of godliness actually, uh, when you have a form of godliness, it's putting godliness into formulas that yield so-called successful results. That the word form actually means formula. Amen? Uh, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Amen? We, we live in an age where everybody wants to know a formula. Amen? I need a formula to fix my marriage. Tell me step one, two, and three. I need a formula to live in victory as a single person. When are you going to get a singles ministry where you can give me formulas for singles so I can live successfully as a single? I need a formula to break my negative thinking and to give me positive thinking. In other words, it's principles, forms of godliness. So people are looking for formulas for everything. All you got to do is look around and it's very, very evident. Give me a formula to live single uh, and successful. Give me a formula to break the spirit of poverty and help me to enter into prosperity. Give me step one, two, and three. Do this, 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 and this. The formula to walk in positive thinking. We got formulas being thrown at us all the time that all you got to do, you ain't got to, it ain't hard, just follow step one through five. Follow step one through five and you will benefit. Just follow the principles, follow the formula, the blueprint, and you'll get these results. The crazy thing about it, Elder Johnson, is you actually will get those results. You can experience measures of success as a single using formulas. You can break measures of the spirit of poverty uh, using forms of godliness. You can overcome negative thinking and start walking in more positive thinking using formulas. The issue is this. This is the issue when we deal with forms of godliness and we don't recognize what they are. The issue is when we embrace forms of godliness through implementing formulas, our agenda becomes keeping a formula and not following a man. Our form actually becomes the means that the enemy uses to keep us from conforming into the image of Christ. The enemy will give us forms to keep us from conforming. Because conforming means now moving and changing while a form is step one, two, and three. And if I let go of step one, I'm, go I'm more committed to step one, two, and three than I am to being changed into his image. Forms actually keep us. If you found a formula for your marriage to get better, then what you're going to do is not, I ain't going to listen to nobody else. Because this formula works, right? It works and we're getting along now. We're talking now. 
It's actually keeping you from being conformed because you now have a formula that if you feel like you break, your marriage fails. Everybody follow what I'm saying? The greatest enemy of being conformed into the image of Christ is forms of godliness. This got to be important to us if we're going to grow up. Amen. It got to be more important than you getting your bill paid. Amen. Formulas that work, that actually give us a targeted outcome, but the problem is they don't change our nature. I can literally use a formula to live successfully as a single believer. I just, you know, the formula says avoid certain situations. Don't allow my mind to think about certain things. I use strategies not to allow myself to get lonely. Call somebody when you start feeling lonely or, 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 or tell somebody when you start feeling being overwhelmed with lust and therefore can actually go two years successfully without being somebody I'm not married to all by following a formula a form my success in implementing the form actually keeps me being from being hear me conformed into the image of the pure one can I help you understand that the one who doesn't need strategies to live right as a single but actually has a single eye glory be to God the lamp of the body is the eye and when the eye is single the whole body will be full of light an eye set on you know what a single eye is an eye set on pleasing one man and one man only and that is the Lord if I have to implement a formula to not do the wrong thing that means I am yet to be conformed into the image of the one who can only do the right thing that I have to I, I don't have his image therefore I have to use a formula to force me to do something that I really don't want to do because I lack the promise called nature still please follow what I'm saying my formula um, can help me be single and successful but it will keep me from being conformed into the image of the one with the single eye. Forms of godliness keep us from being conformed, please hear me, into the image of Christ while at the same time giving us a measure of godly result. I ain't slept with nobody in two years. We can implement a formula to overcome negative thinking. And begin to think more positively. Y'all know that, right? right? Come on, just whenever you start getting mad, count down from 10. 10, 9, 8, 7. Just say, Jesus loved me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Tell yourself, I am not a negative thinker. I am not a negative thinker. Just tell yourself. You just tell yourself you're, you're strong. You tell yourself you're powerful. Come on. I am not a negative. We can actually implement that and have a measure of success from that form, amen, from now moving out of negative thinking into more positive thinking. But the problem is if I have to implement, glory be to God, a formula to keep a positive mind, that means I've never uh, received the conforming nature called the mind of Christ. So, so, so right now, even though I'm more positive, I look no more like God. I just use a formula that actually keeps me from being conformed into the image of Christ because his mind thinks all things are possible at all times. I don't need a mind to think more positively. I need a mind that believes anything is possible at any moment and any time. That's the mind of Christ. 
forms of godliness keep us from being conformed into the image of Christ through bringing us a measure of godly outcome without changing our nature. Think about all around you. You're being bombarded with three steps to get this, five principles to have that, ten principles to walk in this, and they're all principalities and forms of godliness that are trying to keep us from being conformed into the image of Christ because then we stop focusing Focusing on following a man by faith and start trying to learn formulas. Come on. How many of us, when we want to cast out devils, try to find a book about the steps of casting out devils? And how many of us, when we want to cast out devils, say, I'm going to lay before God until I look like God to a devil. And so when a devil sees me, he sees him. We, we seek formulas, not the man. The average believer's target is an image, it's an outcome. Ask the average believer what is God is doing in their life, and they're going to tell you something that, they're bring, that, that he's bringing them into or something he's about to give them. Because the average believer doesn't even understand our target is image, not an outcome. And the outcome is supposed to be a byproduct of the image, not now me trying to have an outcome through using a formula. Seek first the kingdom of God and all of his and all of these things shall be. Because forms of godliness are facilitated by what? Principalities. You know what formulas is defined as? Formulas are procedures to be followed instead of a spirit to be led by. There are con they are con formulas are defined, watch this, as conventional methods of doing something in the place of becoming someone. In math, if we look at math, in math, a formula is a rule or principle implemented every time in an algebraic equation. You know what a formula is, too? And what I want to deal with, though? A formula is also a special nutritive mixture of milk, sugar, and water in prescribed proportions for feeding a baby. Forms of godliness are formulas, and formula is for babies. I'm trying to help you understand something. Forms of godliness keep us on formula or keep us in a dimension called immaturity. Everybody's coming to church to find a formula. What they're asking for is you to get uh, uh, the can of Similac, scoop out two scoops, put it in a bottle, shake it up, and give it to them so they can have formula so they can walk in a victory that they're actually supposed to become. Forms of godliness place us in, forms of godliness actually have the power of Peter Pan. They keep us forever young. You, 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 as long as you're seeking out formulas, you will be forever young. You will, you'll be caught in a dimension called immaturity. Glory be to God. No matter how long you've been in church, as long as we accept forms of godliness, we'll remain babyish. And as long as we remain babyish, we'll remain so 
subject to bondages. Bondage is for babies. If you're a son, bondage ain't for sons. Bondage is only for babies. The only way you're in bondage, the only way we experience bondage is if we're a baby. If we're immature. Bondage is not, has nothing to do with the weapons of the enemy. It has everything to do with our maturity. Bondage has, I'm going to say that again, bondage has nothing to do with the weapons of the enemy. It has everything to do with our maturity. And a lot of people say, Pastor, I can't jive with that because I've been fighting this and I've been fighting that. And I've been on the battlefield for 30 years. You've been a baby for 30 years. Because if you're still fighting with that and we don't even fight, we submit. The fact that you're fighting lets me know you're under 16 years old still. You ain't got a driver's license yet. Why are you preaching to folk? Put up that first slide. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Bondage is only for babies. It's a baby problem, not a devil problem. Look at, look at it. Galatians 4 verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a what? does not differ at all from a what? Though he be master of all. He's saying as long as we're just children of God, we're no different from slaves. In other words, just like slaves sin, we do too. Just like saves, slaves are depressed, we are too. Just like slaves fight with anxiety, we do too, as long as we're children. We don't differ. In other words, what he's saying is just because we do it a little bit less than they do, don't make us any different from them. The average church uh, believer actually believes that all a church believer is is somebody who sins a little bit less than everybody else. But as far as God is concerned, we, we, in other words, the one out there sinning and the one in here sinning don't have a different destiny. Right? Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child does not differ at all from a what? He has nothing else more than a slave has, though he is what? Master of all. Verse number three, look at this. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Paul directly connects bondage to immaturity. When we were children, we were in what? Bondage is only for children. When we were in children, when we were, when we, when we were children, we were in bondage. I'm going to say that again. Bondage is only for children. Bondage is a maturity issue, not a devil issue or a warfare issue. Bondage has nothing to do with the strength of a weapon and everything to do with the age of the believer. Please hear what I'm saying. As we were a child, we were in bondage. See, see being in bondage is being immature. I'm going to say that again. Being in bondage is being, are you fighting with depression? Depression, it ain't because of depression strength, it's because of your lack of age. Are you fighting with giving up? It ain't because giving up is so strong, it's because you're underage. It's an age issue, not the strength of a bondage, because the bondage has already been broken. You just haven't grown up enough to speak it and sit in it and stand on it. And walk in it. 
the f- listen to me and listen to me well. The father's intention was never for us to overcome bondage. I'm about to mess you up. As much as outgrow bondage. We are not called to overcome bondage. We're called to outgrow bondage. Why? Because Jesus already overcame every single bondage for us. We do not overcome fear. We do not overcome perversion. We do not overcome depression. We do not overcome lust. If you're not lusting anymore, you did not overcome it. You outgrew it. If you're not depressed anymore, you did not overcome it. You outgrew it. If you're not fighting with discouragement anymore, you did not overcome discouragement. You outgrew discouragement. If you're not fighting with lust anymore, you did not overcome lust. You you outgrew lust. Amen. This is what we don't understand. He's saying bondage is for children. See, there was a time, amen, I need somebody's shoes, a child's shoes. Anybody got a, 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 let me get this shoe. All right, that's good. Believe it or not, Brian, there was a time I could fit this shoe. Me. There was a time you could put this shoe on me and I had to wear it. I need a baby shirt. Anybody got an extra change of shirt? Man, all these babies we got around here, I know y'all got some changes. We got babies everywhere. 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 I need some baby's pants. Bless his name. You know what? There was a time where you could put this shoe on me and it fit. I was the size for which this shoe could be put on me. There was a time I wore a shirt like this and it fit. There was a time you could put this shirt on me. There was a time where you could put these. I don't think they want to put on me if I was a boy prayerfully but there was a time where you could put these shorts on me and I could fit them amen but then there came a time where I moved out of childhood into adulthood and the same thing that you could put on me is the very thing that if you try to put on me now I'll destroy if I force my foot into this shoe I will destroy the yoke y'all ain't hear what I'm saying if I force myself into this shirt I will destroy the shirt if I force myself into these shorts I will destroy these the shorts what God is saying is if perversion still fits on you you don't need to overcome it grow up where it cannot be put on you no more if anxiety still fits on you grow up where it can't be put on you anymore when the devil shows up with anxiety it looks like this and when he tried to put those this on me I laugh at him I'm looking at him like man you crazy if you think that don't come in my size depression don't come in my size anxiety don't come in my size fornication don't come in my size (laughs) 
The good news is you don't have to overcome bondage, you outgrow bondage. That's the good news today. I'm here to tell you right now, God is bringing us into a dimension of maturity where stuff that used to could fit on you ain't going to be able to fit on you. You're going to feel it. You're going to even try to think you can still squeeze in it. And you're going to realize I got to go back to the store because that ain't my size no more. <laughs> Glory be to I done picked up some weight. I done got bigger. My waist can't fit that no more. And it ain't going to be a bad thing. It's simply God. You are not, you are, we do not overcome perversion, we outgrow it. Perversion can never fit on me again. What is it that you've come out of in this season? I don't know whatever it is you came out in this season, but you will never again for the rest of your life ever deal with it again. Not because God now gave you the victory, but because God uh, supersize you. He made you bigger than your oh God. He made you bigger than your bondage. Your bondage is too small. So our problem is we're trying to overcome what we can only outgrow. And so we're steady fighting with what all we got to do is grow and no longer have to deal with. Amen? You can't put on me what don't fit on me. Amen? Bless the Lord. There's just some stuff that don't fit on you no more. I don't know whatever it is, but the joy that came in just enlarged you. The, the presence of God that came in has enlarged you. The adoration that you said yes to has enlarged you. The praise that you're saying, I'm not going to stop giving, has enlarged you. It just don't come in my size. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the, the, uh, I'm not Superman. I didn't beat perversion and you lost to perversion. No, he beat perversion. Come on. I, did, I didn't beat addiction and you're losing to addiction. No, he beat addiction for me and you. Come on. Somebody already won for both of us. I didn't beat adultery. He beat adultery. He won for me and you. Come on. I didn't beat depression. He beat depression. He won for me and you. Amen. So we, we, we're, we're, we, defeat, we, we defeat what's been defeated not by fighting it, but by coming of age. Amen. We, can, we only defeat what's been defeated. And if we're only going to defeat what's being defeated, that means we come of age. We conquer what's been conquered by being conformed into the image of the one who already conquered it. We don't conquer anything. We just grow up into the one who already did. Amen. Amen. Bondage has nothing to do with the devil, nor the strength of his weapons and everything to do with our ignorance concerning spiritual growth. I'm going to go a different way for a minute. One of our problems is, is the reason why we still fight with bondage and we claim that somehow or another it reflects our deepness in the spirit is because we don't understand spiritual growth. Now get this now, and please just give me a minute, because I'm going to deal with spiritual growth for a minute. God has not 
called us to simply grow spiritually. I knew I was going to get in trouble right then. What's happening in this house isn't simply because you're growing spiritually in general. I'm growing. No, 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 no. Our target isn't simply spiritual growth. The growth we're called to is much more exact and much more specific than that. God is not called. I'm just trying to grow spiritually. Well, you ain't going to grow. Because that ain't, he ain't called us just to grow spiritually. He's very specific about our growth. Put up that next slide. Can I help you today? The, the, the second slide. One of my, going back to one of my favorite books, just for a minute. But speaking the truth, we're talking about spiritual growth now, real spiritual growth. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into. No, don't just say all things. We may grow, oh, yeah, yeah, dude, we may grow up in all things. Sorry. I jumped the gun. We may grow up into all things what? Into him who is the head, Christ. We don't just grow spiritually in general. The only legitimate growth is growth into him. Not growth to be like him. I didn't say growth to be. I'm just trying to be like Jesus. Well, you can't grow. He asked you to grow to be like him. He said grow up into him. That's why we're not growing spiritually because we're trying to grow to be like what we're supposed to grow into. The reason why there's so much immaturity in the church. Now, let me qualify immaturity. What is immaturity? Being in bondage is being immature. The reason why there's so many people that need a word for their fight, the word for their breakthrough, a word for their struggle, that means being in bondage is being what? Immature. The reason why so much of the church is full of believers who are immature, amen, is because simply they, we do not understand growth because we simply want to grow spiritually or, or, or we want spiritual growth in general when permission to grow spiritually is only granted when by faith we understand we only grow up to the measure that we're like him. We can only grow out of bondage by way of growing up into him. Why? Because Jesus already broke every bondage and to the degree we grow up into him, we've already broken every bondage. Just wanting to grow spiritually gives us no right to grow spiritually. Believing that our promise from the Father is that we have power to grow up into him gives us permission to grow spiritually. The Father has not given us the victory. The Lord has given us the victory. No, he didn't. He's given us his victory. The, oh, glory be to God. The Father hasn't just given us an anointing because then we'll say stuff like, my anointing is just to, to now uh, be happy. I don't know. My anointing is just to, to be there when people cry. No, no, no. That was if he just gave you an anointing. But the Father has given us his anointing. The Father hasn't just given us victory over sin. He's given us his nature that never would sin. There's a big difference. If you got victory over sin, you might go back. But if you have his nature that would not sin, you will never go back. The Father hasn't just given us his, given us power. He has given us 
his power. The key is this. The measure of victory, the measure of anointing, the measure of righteousness and power that I walk in is in direct proportion to how much I am willing to believe that I can grow up into him. My God, I am not trying to grow up and be a better Jeremiah. I'm trying to grow up and be like my elder. I'm going to be just like my elder brother Jesus. I now will walk in his power. I will walk in his authority. I will walk in his favor. I will walk in his joy. Can I help you understand something? In GRRC, we have entered into a dimension of into him. Can I prophesy just for one moment? By way of an outpouring, we have been in an outpouring and we have experienced now a measure of growing up into him. I was talking about this a little bit earlier whereby we are being given permission to walk in his favor as our favor. We are about to walk in his power as our power. We're about to walk in his righteousness as our righteousness. There are bondages that we've been trying to shake for months and some of you got loose over this last one and you don't realize you'll never go back because it'll never fix you another day in your life. Welcome to growing up into him. Welcome to growing up into the one that can't be bound. The one that cannot lose. The one that never feels like quitting. The one that knows all things works. You didn't get free from them. You outgrew them. Can I, I need you to get excited about the fact that you outgrew stress. I need you to get excited about the fact that you outgrew, outgrew feeling like quitting. I need you to get excited about the fact that you outgrow going back into your sin. That you outgrew smoking cigarettes. That you outgrew drinking liquor. This is what we got to understand. When bondage no longer fits us, breakthrough does. I'm going to tell you this. You, you, we cannot fit breakthrough until bondage no longer fits. But when bondage no longer fits, then we can fit breakthrough. Glory be to God. Amen. Go ahead. And so now, now, now please hear me because I want to jump back a little bit. Not break out, but breakthrough. Break out is to escape. Breakthrough is to advance. He's about to clothe us in an attire called advance. It's one thing if I want to advance. It's another thing if I'm wearing advance. We're about to experience, please hear me prophetically. We're about to experience accelerated advancement as a ministry family. God is about to begin to open doors and draw nations, draw men, and expand our influence. And, and Lord, literally right now the, the accelerated advancement that we're experiencing right now in the apostolic is going to prophesy advancement in every area of our lives we will not advance in this season we will wear advance in this season we will wear moving forward it's another thing if I'm trying to move forward it's another thing if I'm wearing move forward we will wear improvement we will wear promotion we will wear increase we will wear acceleration we will wear move to the front i'm here to tell you right now don't get used to the backyard any longer god is moving us to the front we are wearing an entire called advancement 
Pastor, how you going to tell me that's what I'm wearing? Because bondage don't fit no more. Yeah, I ain't got nothing else in the closet. All my bondage outfits are gone. All I got is breakthrough. I ain't got nothing else to wear. So I got to wear the same suit every day. God, I ain't got but one. I, I, all my other suits, I had a suit called depression, but that don't fit no more. I had a suit called discouragement, but that don't fit no more. I had a suit called stress, but that don't fit no more. The only outfit I got in my closet is called advancement. My God, every day I got to wear the same suit. I'm sorry if you get tired of seeing me in promotion. That's all I got to wear. I'm sorry that you get tired of seeing me in advancement. That's all I got to wear. I'm sorry. You get tired of seeing me wearing success. That's all I got to wear. I ain't got no other clothes. I'll The only outfit I got in the closet is victory. Don't get mad because that's all I wear. My God, throw out all your other raggedy outfits and get yours too. I will advance every day. That's all I got to wear. When bondage no longer fits, breakthrough does. My God, I need somebody to bless them. Bless them for what you're wearing. Bless them that you never have to take off this joy that you're wearing right now. Bless them that you got an outfit called peace that you get to wear every day of your life. Bless him that you got an outfit called overcome. The God that you put it on every day. Why do you get up every morning smiling, saying it's going to be a good day? I ain't got nothing else in the closet to wear. That's the only outfit I got. None of my other outfits um, fit me anymore. Mad in the morning don't fit me no more. Tired I got to go through another day don't fit me no more. Why are you always smiling? Because that's my outfit. I ain't trying to smile. That's all I can wear. If you get tired of seeing me in it, get one yourself. Stop. Throw out all the other stuff. You can have it. Amen. In the kingdom, we don't have a whole bunch of outfits. We ain't got but one. We ain't got but one outfit. It's called Christ. Put on Christ every single day. I ain't got but one outfit I can put on. And anything that's outside of who he is don't fit me. Can I put it this way? Anything outside of him don't fit us. Don't wear it. 
Do you understand that when we go to get outfits, we know our waist, right? There are certain sizes that we won't even consider looking in to wear because we recognize <coughs> that even if we wanted to put it on, it don't come in our size. We can't put that on. So we automatically disqualify 98% of the store, the section, right? Because there's only one thing that fits us. Amen. We got to begin to do that in the kingdom. The only thing that fits us is breakthrough. I advance every day. Every day I progress. Every day I move forward. God is moving me from the back to the front. I'm I've been trying to stay in the back. Y'all don't really get it. But I try my best to stay in the back. I try my best not to say anything. But when God puts an outfit call on you called advancement, when you try to hide in the back, somebody will call you to the front. Glory be to I'm here to tell you right now, in this next season, you're going to try to sit in the back at the staff meeting. They're going to call you to the front. You're going to try not to say nothing. They're going to ask for you to talk. You're going to try not to pray at the family reunion. They're going to ask you to give a scripture and a word. God is going to call you to you, you can't get out of advancement when it's your attire. I figured out I can't stay in the back no more. God, is, God put something on me called advancement. I got to move up. It's my attire. The apostolic is my attire. I tried to move back, but it's. Bondage no longer fits. I can't wear mad at my wife. That don't fit me. I can't wear we ain't going to talk. I ain't going to talk to her today. That don't fit me. Everybody wants breakthrough, but nobody wants to throw away the outfits of bondage. This is, this is what we got to understand. As we say yes to growing up in the hymn, which means we say yes to outgrowing bondage, we inherit permission to wear breakthrough. Amen? Y'all know that, right? Whatever's on us, we can give to others. When I wear breakthrough, I can release breakthrough. You're about to start seeing breakthrough in the lives of the people around you. Folks that have been ways for 20 and 30 years going to spin a one week with you and change completely because of the breakthrough that's on your life. You're about to see individuals break break cultural curses. You uh, come out of generational curses and come out of mindsets that you thought they would never come out of. And you're wondering how are they changing? It's because of what you're wearing. Now watch this. We, me, and you cannot grow unless we by faith believe we can grow up into him. I'm not trying to grow spirit. I'm, I'm just trying to grow in the area of hunger for God. No. My hunger has to be his hunger. And the zeal of his father's house consume that man. Amen. I'm hungry. No, no, no. See, our problem is we want devotionals and things of that nature because we want to grow our way. I'm growing. I read. I ask a person the other day I said, well, you know, how often do you, do you read the Bible? 
I read it quite often. And I said, well, what's reading it quite often then? Because I know the individual I'm talking to don't bit more read nobody's Bible. So I'm like, man, I'm putting you on the spot. What you mean? How, well, how you reading? Well, you know, I read the scripture that come up on my phone every day. Man, that ain't reading nobody's Bible. You following a formula. That's why you don't look, sound, nor think nothing like God. That can't bring you into the likeness of God. Talking about you read the scripture that somebody put up on an image on Facebook. I read my scripture for the day and quoted it and prayed in Jesus' name. Stop the madness. Them formulas ain't going to give you kingdom. You ain't going to wear, you ain't going to wear the attire of advancement with that foolishness. Thought you read the Bible. You don't even know. You, you read a scripture. And somebody put it in a form to give you a principle. You don't read the Bible. You read posts. Stop that. I call some of y'all out of that right now. That madness. We don't, I don't teach you like that. I don't live before you like that. And I don't act like there's no excuse for that. And call that reading the Bible. You ain't going to get this reading post. I do not want to grow in my hunger. I want to hunger like him. Until my hunger level becomes his hunger level, I ain't done being hungry yet. Until I'm focused on the Father's will like he's focused on the Father's will, then my desire for his will ain't mature enough yet. We grow up in the him. Right? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Watch this. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. It says here, ever learning and, and never able to come to the knowledge of the what? The reason why there's so many believers that are ever learning, ever implementing principles, ever having devotionals, ever posting scripture images on Facebook and Twitter, Yet still, if you follow their life, they still fight with bondage to lust, bondage to sin, bondage to fear, bondage to the people who are really free of those things. Don't spend all their time posting stuff. They would rather spend their time seeking him. Y'all don't want to. All right. And then what the people do who don't seek him is take something they got from somebody who did seek him and instead of going and seek him, use it to get a post and get likes. Why not use it to go underground yourself instead of try to get noticed for what somebody else said? That's a whole nother message. I'm going to leave that alone. I didn't get that on Facebook. I got that underground. I didn't get that trying to be seen. Or trying to show somebody how deep I am. Glory to the name of Jesus. I just felt that in my spirit. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to post it. If it's good, why don't you go underground and get some yourself? Let it provoke you to a personal devotional life. 
Amen. Amen. A young man told me the other day, and I said, man, don't preach it. He said, because I talked to him all the time, and I encouraged him. He said, man, I'm going to preach it. I said, don't preach it. He said, why? I said, because you, do not, you don't exemplify it. Go live it first. So when you preach it, it'll actually have some of the impact it's supposed to have. Everybody want to have a word to preach, but nobody's looking for a word to live. Amen. So, watch that. So, so the father's remedy for us isn't to tell us to learn about Jesus, but to give us the likeness of Jesus by the faith of believing that we can grow up into him. We were never called to just learn about him, but to know him, not to observe him, but to become like him. To know means to become like to learn means to find out about. We were never called to find out about Jesus. That's learning. We were called to know him, become like him. For we shall see him as he is. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Having formulas, form of godliness, to get godly results, but never become a partaker of God's divine nature. Remember, forms of godliness focus on teaching men formulas to get godly outcomes while yet having an ungodly nature. Forms of godliness place us in a dimension called ever learning but forbidden from knowing. As long as we're focused on learning, it's illegal for us to know. As long as we're following formulas, somebody that's telling you formulas for this, formulas for that, you need no other proof to know that they do not know God. Ever learning, but never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. We are, we are forbidden from knowing God through the means of following formulas. There is no three steps to deliverance. There's one step. Surrender. There's one step. No, you, it's, it's three steps. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow him. What do you do all three of those out of? Surrender. Stop trying to make it so at first I got to deny myself. What does that look like? Then I got to take up my cross. Well, what does that look like? Yeah. He said it in a way where you can try to break it into a formula, but in actuality, you can only live it if you surrender life. Amen. It's not a formula, it's a surrendered life. Right. Amen? Amen? These are, uh, these are people, he said, ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Watch this. These are people who love learning formulas about Jesus but deny the power of Jesus. There are people who love learning formulas about Jesus, but deny the power of Jesus, not power to cast out devils. You can have power to cast out devils, yet be denying the power of Jesus. Not power to heal and work miracles, because you can operate in the power to heal and work miracles, yet deny the power of Jesus. 
powers, now watch this, I want to tell you what power's first and foremost function is. So, so we'll get this right. It ain't power to get wealth first. Because you can use the principles of the power to get money and never look like God. Power first and foremost function is for us to become the sons of God. The first power we have is power to become the sons of God. John 1 and 12, but as many as believed in him, to them gave he power to become the sons. You don't need power to cast out devils first. We need power to become sons first. We don't need power to prosper first. We need power to, uh, to, to become sons first. When I don't want to use power to become a son, I'll use principles to get his benefits. Uh Power is first and foremost the means by which we reclaim God's image and likeness as our identity. Having a form of godliness but denying the power. To as many as believe him, to them gave he power. To become the sons of God. You know that word power is exousia? It's not deutimus. In other words, to as many as believe in him, he gave the authority. In other words, when you believe on him, power doesn't just hit you to make you a, a son of God. You have the authority. Authority isn't the force. Authority is permission to use the force. If I fight a man bigger than me and he beats me, he's using dunamis. If a police tells me to get on the ground, he doesn't have to wrestle me. He could just tell me to get on the ground because he has exousia. He has the power to enforce without using brute force. Right? He said when we now believe in God, we have the Power to become the sons of God, hinging on how much we use that power. But the problem is when we get authority, we want to use it to prosper. We want to use it to walk in our season. We want to use it to find out our calling. We want to use it to enter into our platforms. And we use all of that power to get everything else but identity. You know why many of us or many in the church are not walking in the identity of son of God, not because we don't have power, but we're not using it. We'd rather use it for something else. I need a blessing. I need a breakthrough. I need God to move. I need an open door. I need this. I need that. I need that. Power to become the sons of God. What, wouldn't it make more sense instead of trying to get an open door to become a door? If I become like him, I become like the door. So every time I need one, I just open myself. I need a door. Well, it's time for me to open myself. We're looking for what we can become. And that. Watch this. All right. All right. All right. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power that conforms us into Jesus's image and likeness. 
It's easier to believe we can cast out devils than it is that we can believe we can be holy like he's holy. I guarantee you, you'll find a line of 100 people that'll jump in line to try to cast out a devil. You might find five that'll say yes to being holy like he's holy. It's easier to draw people to Christ than it is to believe to be like Christ. You'll find a, a 50 more people. I forgot who said it. Uh, a pastor said it this way when they were doing the crusades back in the 18 and 1700s. If I could find for every, he said, for every one man that'll read the Bible, there's another 100 men that'll go die for it. We're more apt to try to work for God than we are to seek his face and his word. We'll spend more time witnessing for him than we will reading the Bible. Amen. I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to close. That word deny, you know what it means? Because Jesus says something so profound. He says, uh, uh, he says, if you deny me before men, right, I'll deny you before my father. But if you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before my And we always say I that means I believe in Jesus. That don't mean you acknowledge him whatsoever. I love Jesus, and you can say that in front of people. That don't mean you acknowledge Jesus at all. That is not what he's talking about. Right. Amen? Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Deny means, watch this, what it means in that, in that verse. means to deny by way of disowning a person. But dis, uh, having a form of godliness, but disowning the person. Amen. Denying the power. It also means to deny oneself. When we say we can't be like Jesus, watch this, we are actually disowning Jesus. Can't nobody be like Jesus. You're disowning him and you're denying him before men. You know why? There's only one way we can have Christ to the degree we're like him. We can only have Jesus to the measure we're like Jesus. How much Jesus do you have? How much are you like him? That's how much you have. When we literally say, can't nobody be like Jesus, we are disowning Jesus. Because we can, in, in a sense, only possess him to the degree we're like him. You know, Jesus, no, we ain't, we're going to mess up. We ain't like him. You're disowning him before men. You're denying him access to men because he can only have access to men through you looking like him. So if you're going to deny me before men, I'm going to deny you before the what? Father. So now you're praying for some God, why you don't answer? Well, you just denied me before men. You just told men that men can't look like me when my whole reason for dying was for men to be conformed into my image. You deny that you want formulas for the results of Christ, but you denying the power that can make you Christ like. Amen. Then it also means that word deny means denying ourselves. When we disown Christ, we deny ourselves of who we really are. If we're called to grow up into him, watch this, but confess we can't be like him. We're denying our own selves of who we really are. Right. 
We can't be like him, but you're called to grow up in him. You're denying yourself because you're disowning him. Amen. Ever learning and never able to come into the knowledge of the truth. Because of a zeal of learning formulas in the place of believing for power to become a person named Christ. God doesn't want us to know to literally just learn. And there's nothing wrong with I'm not telling you not to read books or anything else. But if you're relying on reading a book called The Five Love Languages to love, then you will never love. If you're relying on formulas to have a good marriage, then you will never reflect the image of a marriage that Christ had an idea about. Amen. If, if we're relying on formulas to walk in the anointing, then we will never operate in the level of anointing that can transform the culture. Our anointing can't do it. Only his. You know, he said, do you understand that people are getting healed and the culture still ain't being impacted like it should? Demons are being cast out and the culture still ain't being impacted because it's more than that. You can do that without looking like him. Amen. Amen. It's the manifestation of the sons of God. We can grow up into him in all things. You know why I feel such a passion and desire and responsibility to minister the things that I minister? Because that's my gift to grow, to cause the church to grow up. I'm compelled and I have passion. My heart always turns that way. If you read Ephesians 4, what that came out of, when growing up into him, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the, of, of the Son of God, to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Goes on to say, speaking the truth in love, that we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. It's the way that you're wired. Is the way that I'm right. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. You know, I, some of you don't understand it, but I know you're crying when it's at night. And I'll let you cry in wh while it's night. You know, because you're going to learn how to sleep in the night. See, some of you crying ain't dying. I'm crying right now. That don't mean you're dying. Crying ain't dying. And you got to grow up to learn how to sleep through the night. Amen. I'm telling you right now, boy, the first baby, JC, got it good. Every time he cried, boy, look, jumping up. Now, I would do it every now and again. For the most part, it was Lady Mary. I ain't going to lie to you. I said, babe, please, I can't do it. But when Taylor came along, we messed around and moved into a four-bedroom house, and our room was on one end of the hallway, and Taylor's room was on the other. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Taylor. We would make sure Taylor was changed. We would make sure she had drunk her bottle, right? We would put her in that bed. She would start crying because she wanted to be picked up. We would close the door, <laughs> go to the other side. Go to sleep, wake up a few hours later, she might still be crying. We'll walk in and check, make sure she changed, she got a bottle, 
She'll still cry when you put her down, close the door. We go back to the other end, right? And then we, would, we did that. We would let her cry until she cried herself to sleep. And to the point now, watch this, where eventually we would set her down. She wouldn't cry. <laughs> close the door, and she learned how to sleep through the night because she was never di- crying ain't dying. You don't, I, I don't pick you up every time you cry because you'll never learn how to stop crying. You got to grow up. You got to learn that night don't mean you dying. Right? You got to learn how to sleep through the night. You ain't the only one in the dark. Why does your dark so much important than everybody else's? You act like you're the only one that got to sleep through the night. We all got night. I'm in the night too, and I'm preaching. And I'm supposed to, when it's time, I'm trying to rest. You better roll over and go to sleep. Morning coming. I know it's hard right now. Morning coming. Let's go. You go to sleep. Let's get up some sleep, please. Hallelujah. I felt the anointing on that. Glory to his name. We got to grow up into him. You know what it means to grow up into him? It means to be able to sleep in a boat while the boat is sinking. That's the type of peace we have. And until we have peace like that, we ain't done growing up yet. My goal is to be able to sit in the midst of a storm in a sinking boat. And say, not only am I not going to get a bucket to try to get the water out, I'm about to go to sleep. Because God told me I shall live and not die. We grow up into him. Everybody, everybody, I'm just going to pray. Pray over the house. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.